<sighs> yes, my friend. Called's well that ends well. Hello and welcome to the Drunken Jaguar. I'm Bentley Brown, alongside me over video Zoom call, making very silly faces on the video is Asad Asan. How's it going? What's up, man? I guess I just missed you. I mean, we took a week break and yeah, it's good to be back. That's why I'm making these faces, obviously. Yeah, out of out of sheer joy. Some other things to be joyful about are the Jaguars. Uh, I, I don't know if, what do you call these masterpiece games where we like fall two or three points to a team and still deliver an exciting game while not messing up our chances to draft Trevor Lawrence a or Justin Fields. <laughs> a good loss? Is that what you would call it? Yeah, a good, a good loss. Another good loss. Another tank, tankster piece or something. I don't know. I don't know. We <laughs> we'll it. think of something eventually, but yeah. We'll think, it, we'll think of something nice. So the Jaguars dropped one 27-25 to the Browns. That was the first bit of news on Sunday. The second bit of news was a huge one for the Jaguars fan base. General manager Dave Caldwell, who had been GM of the team since 2013, early 2013, so after right after the 2012 season, was relieved of his duties. The Jaguars are currently GM-free as they proceed into the final few games of the season. Holy God, how does it feel? It feels good, and I think the whole city of Jacksonville do you see that Twitter video of like the fireworks and stuff? Is that real or is that some kind of joke? I don't know. <laughs> All I saw was the Onion article about two Jaguars fans <laughs> successfully mating to carry on the population of the dwindling fan base. <laughs> that was funny. That was good stuff. I mean, it's it's good news, man. We've been waiting for probably a bit too long, right? It's long overdue for this to happen. And it's kind of weird because Shad Khan said Doug Marone is good for the rest of the year. So I'm still thinking he'll be gone. But this is a start, man. Uh, GM gone. I'm pretty happy about it. But like today, I was thinking about all of his work, right? And I was like, man, Dave Caldwell wasn't that bad. And he did some good things here. So it's not like right for us to be like, oh, yeah, fuck that guy. You know, he didn't do anything well for us. We've talked about it numerous times, right? He drafted well. He just couldn't keep the players. Business decision. But... I think he did a lot of good things in Jacksonville. Yeah, I think I think people would would mostly agree with that. Um, in terms of, I guess, what are we talking about? Shaming down the team's budget, basically. This last year, we were we were in major salary cap trouble, and he very uh, responsibly and future focused was able to uh, start kind of a, a turnover of the organization. He's drafted, I mean, we talked about this before too. Like every, if you talk to any NFL team, they'll probably complain about their team's drafting. I was talking to a friend about the Patriots tanking this year and how they might have a top five pick or something. And he was like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like they always traded away. <laughs> or they, you know, like I don't even know if they have a top uh, first round pick this year or whatever. So we complain about Dave Caldwell's drafting, but he's drafted a lot of good players. They just haven't stuck around. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just, you're exactly right about like, uh, every fan's going to complain about, you know, who their team drafts. For example, I remember this year, one of my friend's girlfriend, just, she's a big Chargers fan. And she wasn't happy with the Justin Herbert pick. And I was there like, what? Like, how could you not be satisfied with Justin Herbert? But it's just, it's just what happens in every organization. And you're, 
definitely right about that. So, you know, you know how drafting is, and you've said this before too, you know, you, you draft for a reason, right? If, if it was so simple, then they would just hand out players, you know, it's basically taking a risk. I think Dave Caldwell did a pretty good job. And I think his downfall though was his early picks would be bad and his later picks would be hits. Yeah. Well, okay. So Shad Khan said that uh, I've met with Dave Caldwell to express my appreciation for his service to the Jacksonville Jaguars as our general manager. Owner Shad Khan said, that was Bentley's voice. Now in Shad's voice, Dave was exceptionally committed and determined to bring a win. I don't know why I make him Liam Neeson or some shit. Yeah, where was the Shad Khan voice? Dave was exceptionally committed and determined to bring a winner to Jacksonville. But unfortunately, his efforts were not rewarded with the results our fans deserve and our organization expects. Our football operation needs new leadership and we will have it with a new general manager in 2021. <laughs> oh my God. Here he's taking the diplomatic route. He's thanking Dave for his work, just like you mentioned. Uh, he's also saying that in the end, it doesn't matter how hard someone works. If the franchise doesn't produce results in their tenure, you need change. Uh, funny to hear it from Shad because... He's criticized for being the most patient GM in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Jaguars did go 39 and 86 under Caldwell's tenure. So how do you how do you respond to that from Shad? Does this does, does this give you a relief towards Shad Khan? I mean, one of our hangups has been there hasn't been any change, hasn't been any change. Now this is a pretty big change. Has has he absolved himself? Yeah, but was Shad Khan forced into this basically? You know, it at this point, he had no choice. You know what I mean? Like you had to fire him. He could say he could say tanking year that they they cleared the salary cap and and they have a young roster. They're building locker room chemistry, working towards a, a one or two pick next draft. I, I don't I don't know. He could have given Caldwell another free pass. That's true. And if you think about it, it was a good year for that, right? We got rid of I wouldn't say trash, but. You know, some good players and kind of changed the identity around the locker room, right? Got rid of all the loud mouths. We have a young team. And it seems like a pretty like tight-knit locker room, doesn't it? And everyone seems fairly happy and everyone's getting to play. This was the goal of the year, right? Like, we aren't going to win, so we tank, but we're successfully tanking. There's a way to tank, right? What the Jets are doing, they don't look good at all, you know what I mean? The Jaguars look like they have some kind of hope I'm I'm feeling pretty optimistic again. I'm back on my optimistic shit. I mean, by by the time the 2020 draft rolled around, I was looking at the Dolphins as like, oh god, I'm I'm already afraid of this team, right? Because they right. they seem to have intelligent leadership. They had fresh uh, leader, like new GM and and coach, relatively speaking, and they're making intelligent picks. They're they have they had good draft capital to work with um, to move some players around. Man. I don't know if the Jaguars can reach that level. I guess it's. I guess it remains to be seen who Shad hires as GM, and hopefully, to God, it's not Tony Khan. I what when you bring up the Dolphins, it's similar in this way. I think so. Like they were built pretty well on defense last year, I would say, but offensively, I feel like they weren't all the way there. And that's where Tua came in, and they didn't really get that many playmakers. They got Miles Gaskin, who's a running back from the draft. But we are set on offense. It seems like we have playmakers. We have a running back. We're really comfortable with. Our offensive line isn't that bad. You're going to have to pay one. You might have to dump one. But the offense, they could be a quarterback away from being from having success. The defense, on the other hand, they have some work to do. So we'll see what happens. And this will especially factor in when you get a head coach. Is it going to be a 
offensive-minded head coach or a defensive-minded head coach? Because you see the league is trending towards offensive-minded head coaches these days. So we'll see what happens. So to shift a little bit here, I want to talk about what this means for Doug Marone. And you've already been hinting at it. Shad says Doug's safe for the rest of the season. You know, we don't doubt that. I mean, and in fact, if, if the goal is truly to tank and to lose as many games as possible, this could go different ways, right? If, if Doug's already given you 10 losses in a row, probably won't be able to turn turn in any winning streak anytime soon. <laughs> At the same time, you could replace them with someone that you know is fairly incompetent as just like a temporary coach who will definitely blow the games. So it could go both ways. We've got Jay Gruden on staff. I don't know if... I mean, I, I feel like there's a general positive vibes towards Gruden as an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that same energy would be directed towards him as a head coach. But uh, does Doug Marone have any chance in this world to be the Jaguars head coach, coaching Justin Fields uh, in 2021? Uh, definitely not. Definitely not. Unless Shad Khan is so high on Doug Marone that like he's like Doug has to stay but obviously that is not the scenario here because when we find the GM that we like right that GM is going to find a head coach that fits him right it's got to be have that be that GM coach duo so we'll see what happens with that but there's no there's no chance Doug stays the point of keeping Doug around is what's the point of firing him right letting him go what are you going to do you don't want to give Jay Gruden false hope or anyone, any interim coach. It's not like we're trying to fire a coach to pump up the locker room to go rally off a few wins or make some kind of run. It's it's done, right? Just let it let it end. And I think it's out of respect a little bit too for Doug Marone. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know if I mean if you fired Doug Marone early, it might give him more time to interview for his next job. But yeah. he's likely not coming back as a head coach. He'll probably be like a line coach again or offensive or whatever, something or something in another league. Who knows? And that those those decisions often get packaged together with any new head coach or GM to coming to a team anyway. Right. That's a good point. There, It's also muddy sometimes as to whether it's the owner or the GM who has the true say in who's coaching. And I mean coaching all the way down the staff, right? From head coach all the way down to the position groups and everything. Yeah. Do you think that Shad is is going to just defer the coaching decision to whomever he hires as GM? Would he be hiring them at the same time as like a package duo? Or do you think Shad would make the decision on Doug Marone even before bringing in a new GM? Yeah, I definitely think he's going to let the GM choose, basically. Whoever they choose for GM, they're going to be like, all right, here it is. You know, you have, I mean, they have a ton of resources, right? We got draft picks. We have money, talent, young talent. So there's there's a lot of things, a lot of good things happening. So a GM comes in, they'll have a lot of power, and they can pick a coach, right? And those two can work together and get something rolling here. But it's definitely going to be a GM picking the coach, I would say. Okay. Well, let's talk about the team for a second here. So we have this young team you've talked about. There's good locker room chemistry. There's also a lot of ice being produced in that locker room to to prevent swelling from all our injuries and, and bruises. Oh uh, as it seems, game after game, we have players going down with real injuries. And the Jaguars have been, I don't know, liberal in terms of announcing uh, these players are moved to injured reserve, and it seems to be a tactical decision. I want to hear your take in a second on that, as to whether or not this is part of the tank. You know, end of the season, there's no—we're ch- already mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. 
is it, is it worth playing our valuable, uh, talented, uh, super talented players <clears throat> when there's a risk of injury? Let me go through the roster really quickly here. I was kind of shocked to see all the red print. We've got uh, Mike Glennon starting ahead of Gardner Minshew. Uh, Minshew, the Jaguars claim, has fully recovered from his broken, uh, his fractures in his thumb that he had hid for a few weeks there. Otherwise, he would have, he, he was, you know, out for a while here. Uh, running back, all we have is Dare Ogunbowale, questionable. Chris Conley, questionable. And DJ Chark, questionable at receiver. D.D. Westbrook on IR at receiver. We've got a tight end who's questionable, Ben Ellison. Uh, Andrew Norwell from the offensive line, IR. We get to the defense, and it's it's mind-blowing. Josh Allen uh, has gone on IR now. Avery Jones on IR. Devon Hamilton, IR. All those from... Our defensive line doesn't stop there. Dontavious Russell, IR. Al Woods. He was on the COVID list, wasn't he? Like he opted out, I thought. Um, and then Lurton McCray. Is that the same thing with him? Uh, I'm not sure about him. Uh, linebackers. We've got Shaq Quarterman, IR. Leon Jacobs, IR. Dakota Allen's questionable. And Kamale Correa is questionable as well. Um, and then finally into our cornerbacks and safeties. We've got CJ Henderson, IR, DJ Hayden, IR, Josh Jones, safety, IR, Daniel Thomas, IR, <laughs> Chris Claybrooks, IR, Sidney Jones, questionable, Jared Wilson, questionable, Brandon Watson, questionable. Our secondary is just absolutely depleted. And then last, and certainly not least, is Josh Lambeau, our kicker, engine reserve as well. Man, what is this? Is, this, is IR like a political move here? Yeah, I mean, in a way, sure. You know how it goes, right? If you have a lot of super talented players, which some of them are not that you mentioned, they're just kind of role players and backups. But like people like Josh Allen, there's no point in him coming back. I want him healthy, ready to go next year, right? There's no point in him playing. Hamilton, I know he's hurt too. He had an outstanding rookie year. So keep him for next year. And then what I said a few weeks ago is let your young players play, let them develop and see if you have anything in them. And if not, then you have your answer, right? And I think we saw a lot of that against the Browns. You saw some good plays from certain players who you don't get to see often. And yeah, the secondary was just, just a bunch of random people thrown together, wasn't it? I guess some of these players might be able to make it back for like our last one or two games, depending on the timing of the IR. But there's no point for some of them. They, they might want to come out though, right? I mean, they've got incentives on their contract. They also love the game of football, or at least we think so. <laughs> uh, for them, it's it's why it's a why not. I mean, even if they were to get injured, for them, they've got the offseason to recover. I mean, in their mind, that's true. You know, someone like C.J. Henderson, God, he, he maybe if he feels that he hasn't played the level he wants to this season, he's going to want to come out and prove something. And even if it's just a final couple of games, yeah, kind of like Miles Jack, because Miles Jack's been kind of in and out of the rotation, you know, with the injuries, but he's been playing now, so it's that kind of thing. But Ultimately, this brings me back to the question you asked in week one, I think it was. Um, we'll get back to the other questions you asked in a later show, but you asked if 50% or more of the roster or of the starters would still be starting at the end of the year. I think you might have your answer already. Oh my God. Uh, I guess we'll have to see. We'll have to see like you the last that? game or whatever, like what it, what it looks like. You're so right. And it's right. not but because as of, of now, COVID. It's yeah. just because of injuries slash tanking. I remember when you asked the question, you said, you know, whether it be due to COVID, injury, this, this, that, what, whatever it is. And Ooh, yeah. with the combination of them all, I think it's going to be less than 50% of the starters, right? 
especially on defense. That's amazing. Yeah, we got it. We got to go find that. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're gonna have to find those at the end of the year for sure. But that's what I thought about immediately while you're reading all those names off on IR. Wow. Okay. Crazy. Awesome. Okay. Let's see. Next up, I do want to talk about uh, some some players in specific here. If you look at our game against the Browns, we had. Uh, some decent numbers and, and stats. Your man, Colin Johnson, four catches for 96 yards and a highlight-worthy touchdown. James Robinson, our standout running back, uh, performing as always, 128 yards, just rushing, several, I think several catches as well, and he had a touchdown. And then Mike Glennon uh, threw for 235 with two TDs. Uh, the Jaguars have named Glennon the starter for the next game, as we mentioned, despite Minshew being cleared to play. What does Glennon mean for tanking? I mean, I think it's the same story, right? It's not like he's going to go change. He's not going to impact the game that much. But he was a solid starter, right? He didn't make mistakes. He made the right throws. He wasn't fastballing everything. He wasn't floating everything. It was like the in-between uh, Minshew and Luton a little bit, which is nice. I thought he played well. I really did. As for Colin Johnson, you're going to have to bring up the clip before the season started when I said this guy's going to play and play for real. Called that one. But Mike Lennon, I mean, it wasn't terrible to watch. And I, I think it was that whole thing where, what did he say the week before? He said, I don't know if I'll ever get to like start again, so I'm just going to go out there and sling the thing. So he's just playing with, you know, he's just playing loose, he's just playing football out there. And he knows that he has nothing to lose. The Jags are already losing games. Like, there's not a lot of pressure. So I think it's it's the right decision to keep playing him. Yeah, it, it, to me, it's like a roulette, game of roulette here. Like, they just let in a quarterback for, it seems to be about three games, see what he's got. There's really no stakes right now with the season. In fact, the only stakes are to start winning again. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So, you know, the, the more you commit to Gardner Minshew or, or Luton and put your whole team behind them, the more chance you have of them pulling off a victory at some point. Three games each, right? I mean, like, you know, Minshew had obviously more games at the start of the season. Luton had his three. It looks like Glennon might get, you know, another couple at least to start just to see what we have with him. Mm-hmm. And for these three quarterbacks, uh, it probably directly affects who we keep for the next year, uh, presumably as a backup to who whomever we draft. You know, Cody Cussler was like around that three game range to right. try him out. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Blake Bortles, unfortunately, was like three times, God, I don't know how many games that would be oh my goodness a lot jesus wow 50 what wow yeah now that you've had a good look at jake luton who do you think is retained as the backup quarterback let's assume the jaguars keep one from the current roster obviously they make they might keep two into the preseason who stays i want to say gardner Minshew. still he still has won games even if it was last year, still won one. He has the only one this year, right? In which he was excellent. Yeah, he was struggling. Maybe the injury did impact him. But this guy, he's a locker room guy too. You want him in there, right? The the dudes love him. I'm sure they don't love him when he's you know playing like shit. But they love him. The fans love him. I think he'll be the backup going forward. Luton is not good. He's not good. And Glennon is just old, and, you know, he's had his chance. So I think it's Minshew's turn as a backup, which is what he'll probably be in this league regardless. Yeah, this reminds me so much of the uh, Sorry, the National... The Washington, 
the Washington football team in 20, whatever, 13, 14, where they had like RG3, who was still, they still had hope that he might come back and do something. Kirk Cousins, who hadn't really blossomed yet. Colt McCoy, who comes out and wins a big game. And so you're just kind of cycling through momentum. And of course, everyone has their ups and downs. And you give a quarterback a chance for a few games and they, they, they prove themselves, then they like disprove themselves, and you're on to the next person. Pretty much. Yeah. And it seems like it seems like Minshew is the person that if, you know, new quarterback who comes in, if they go down injured, you know, eight, nine games into the season with a winning record, that we would put our faith in Minshew to to have some magic and carry us into the playoffs. It seems like Luton might be too young right now for that. Um, even though he had some good moments, he hasn't had that consistency that that you would need there. And then Glennon is just like placeholder, game manager. He's just chilling. NFL journeyman yeah. quarterback that that he can cover you for maybe two games, right, successfully. But he's he's going to lose his luster pretty mm-hmm. quickly out there if if he had to come in to save a season. I definitely agree with you. So it seems like you're leaning towards Minshew as the backup going forward as well then, right? Yeah, yeah. I would imagine Minshew and Luton both on the roster into preseason and then kind of reevaluate from there. But Minshew... Minshew staying. Of course. I could also see them uh, doing one more veteran quarterback instead of Glennon next year, just as a third string. I guess we'll see. Yep, exactly. All right, so last thing I think you're going to enjoy here, it's a special Asad section, is uh, I want to call this the wide receiver bowl. With Colin Johnson reaching legit pro levels in this game, making some huge catches, not not dropping every ball thrown his way. <laughs> Probably, probably scaring potential defenses a little bit, given his <laughs> height and athleticism combined with that receiving talent. Uh-huh. Looks like the Jaguars have more than a few receivers on their hands. We've got Keelan Cole, DJ Chark, Colin Johnson, LaVisca Chenault. I mean, you could you could put Chris Conley on the bubble of that right. circle right there. I don't know if I'm missing anyone in terms of like a threat receiver. Unless you want to throw your boy DD in there. but <laughs> DD something happens this offseason where he doesn't stay. I mean, I don't know. How do you, what's your take on Didi? No, I agree. I think he'll be gone. I don't know who will want him, honestly. He could end up being a special teams guy for the rest of his career, honestly. As far as the other guys, I mean, Conley, we don't know. Keelan Cole is a free agent too, isn't he? So we'll have to see what happens with him, even though he you know, mentioned that he likes being in Jacksonville. I'm sure he'll take the money from us and mm-hmm. stay. So let's keep... Let's keep all those. So DJ, Colin Johnson, Chris Conley, uh, Chenault, and Keelan Cole. Let's keep them all in mind here. Okay. And I want to do some scenarios. A would you rather scenario here. You ready? All right. What do we got? Yeah. Okay. Would you rather DJ Chark has a 105 catch season with 12 TDs and something insane, 1,600 yards, and no other receiver breaks 35 catches. Okay. Or would you rather Chark and Cole both are in the 80 range with Chenault close behind and 60-something catches? Hmm. That's tough. I guess I would... I just don't know if Keelan Cole has that potential to be that kind of guy. But it's a would you rather because I don't know if DJ Chark could ever go for you know 1,600 yards. I maybe would want the DJ Chark thing just to bring some 
some awareness to, you know, Jacksonville. Hey, they got a fucking star receiver, DJ Chark. This guy did, like, look at these numbers. I think that would be great. And it would open things up a lot. I don't know if Chenault's ever going to be a guy that's, you know, a thousand yard receiver. I think he'll get a lot of catches, but not many yards. As we talked about with no toes down, we haven't seen a lot from him down the field still. And this could also be play calling and what they want Chenault doing. Because every time we see Chenault, he is short, right? He's catching the ball short. So I don't know. I may, maybe I'll take the chart one. But I do wish success for all of them, really. Because I love seeing Chenault do well, and I love seeing Keelan Cole do well. But I also love seeing Chark do well. If those three are good, then we're, we're set. I love those three. Would you rather Keelan Cole and DJ Chark both have mind games, underperforming, slump years? You know, they're in the dumps. They're dropping passes. They're getting benched. Someone goes on IR way too early. Like 15 catches, 20-something catches kind of year for both, right? Mm-hmm. But LaVisca and Colin Johnson surface as the the one two tandem. I don't know who would be the who would be running the sort of like wide receiver one routes for you know, I don't know who who's who in that pairing. Right. But Colin yeah. Johnson and LaVisca Chenault become an NFL wide story. Okay. At the cost of DJ Chark and Killen Cole having mind games, bro, like career jeopardizing stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Or would you rather Keelan Cole and DJ Chark keep up momentum from the past couple seasons? They turn in a nice duo, nice tandem stats, kind of like I said earlier, 70s and 90s, 70s and 80s kind of thing in terms of catches, both both either near or break a thousand yards. You know, good, a good, a good tandem, right? But both Colin Johnson and LaVisca Chenault fizzle out big time and look to be like draft busts. That's tough, man. How are you going to make make me say LaVisca is going to be a bust or say DJ Chark's not going to be good? I don't know. I'd rather have Chenault and Johnson be bust. No way. I think. No way. Just because I have to see I have to see DJ Chark do well. I have to. I think you're you're still traumatized from A-Rob. I am. I, I think it all goes back to that. After he left, I was like, well, like this sucks. And then when we found Chark... He wasn't very good his first year, but his second year, I was like, holy hell, like this guy is everything. I think he's going to be great. He has more than Chenault and Johnson. He's faster than Johnson. He's longer than Chenault. And he's a better uh, deep guy than Chenault. I don't know, man. You can't make me pick and choose these. All right. Well, this leads well into my next one. DJ Chark, Keelan Cole, and LaVisca Chenault are traded away (laughs) to bring back Old man A-Rob, Allen Robinson, who then pairs with Colin Johnson for a historic Jaguars receiving season. <laughs> Take it or leave it. This is such a funny question because Allen Robinson is probably leaving. And I actually heard something about him coming to the Jaguars, which I don't think will happen anyways. Nah, it's it's over for Allen Robinson here. I, I, like, I like where we're headed. I don't want to look back and, you know, look at our ex-girlfriend and want her back. We've moved on. I like DJ. I like what we have. That's what I'm saying. I, I love what we have. I think our receivers are so good. They have so much potential. When we get a good quarterback, hopefully Justin Fields, I think he's going to elevate their games a lot. And it'll it'll be like a night and day kind of difference, especially with their attitude too. When a wide receiver gets a good quarterback, it changes everything about them. Right. So on that note, you're feeding into my last one here. So would you prefer the Jaguars go kind of like uh, breakout Pat Mahomes year? 
with all these guys. DJ Chark, Chris Conley, Colin Johnson, LaVisca Chenault, Keelan Cole. All these guys productive. You know, they're taking turns, having big games. Uh, everybody kind of winds up with 60 catches, 70 catches. Just like an overall good passing game for the Jaguars without any one huge superstar stand up. But the Jaguars missed the playoffs. Okay. Or would you rather DJ Chart goes on IR, misses the entire season, A-Rob style, ACL, first game. Someone else surfaces as to take his place. So Colin Johnson, LaVisca, someone has a standout year. Everybody else is kind of following suit. Passing game isn't like amazing, amazing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it works and the Jaguars make the playoffs. Yeah, right Right when you said this, even before you said the Allen Robinson thing, I was like, okay, so Allen Robinson thing basically where you lose him, but yeah, yeah. But your team still does well. 2017. Yeah. Come on. It's always about the team and not the player. So if the Jaguars go to the playoffs, I don't care. I honestly don't. I don't give a shit how they get there. If the defense sucks and the offense doesn't, I don't care if we, you know, scratch and claw out of games, win by a field goal like Seattle does sometimes. I don't care. If we make it to the playoffs, I'll always pick that scenario. Okay. Cool. Always. All right. Hopefully it doesn't cost us players. Hopefully people aren't having career-ending injuries and not getting traded off, that kind of thing. Hopefully we have some momentum and charisma alongside. Otherwise, for Christmas, I'll have to get you like a jersey maker machine, like a jersey you can like you can like rip off the name and replace it with whoever else is me. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm getting tired of buying jerseys, man. I have a quick story. This happened a few weeks ago. We were at a, a Friendsgiving party, right? A couple weeks ago at a friend's house, and... Me and one of my friends, we always joke about Andrew Wingard. Uh, you know, he's from Arvada, Colorado or whatever. And he always says, oh, my oh, my girlfriend, you know, she hooked up with him back in the day. And like, she knows him. That's, you know. And he was joking, right? About Andrew Wingard and his girlfriend. Because his girlfriend also went to high school in Arvada and stuff. So, you know, we're all drunk and stuff. It's like two in the morning. And someone for the the Halloween party we had at the same place a few weeks ago was garth from wayne's world you know that you know that guy with the blonde wig so that blonde wig is sitting there and i grab it and i like put it on my head and i was like hey look i'm andrew wingard and his girlfriend is like sleeping and she just pops up Mm -hmm. and she's like who and we're like andrew wingard she's like you guys know andrew wingard how do you guys know him and we're like He's in the NFL. He's on the Jaguars. And she like grabbed me. She's like, he's in the NFL? And I was like, yeah. She's like, Dewey is in the oh, NFL? No. I was like, who the hell is Dewey? <laughs> She's like, that's what everyone called him back in the day. He was such a loser. I was like, he's not a loser anymore. It was just so weird. She was very, very excited for him. And me and my friend always joked about it. And he was just like, oh, wait, you actually know him? She's like, yeah, I actually know him. And he proceeded to get a little bit upset and not talk for a while. And then she was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to DM him on Instagram. Oh my God. Dude, I was going to ask, are they still together, your friends? Yeah, they're still together. I don't think there was any like hookup history. I think my friend was joking about it. And then he was surprised to find out that she actually did know him, which was actually even more hilarious. And I was like, well, I've DM'd him trying to get him on our podcast and he never responds. So anyways, the next day I get a text from my friend Gage. He's like, well, he responded to her her DM to him and she basically just said, Hey Dewey. And he's, and he responded by saying, howdy. Wow. Wow. But I believe they know each other. Yes. From high school. And then she asked me 
if they call him Dewey, like Jaguars fans and stuff. And I was like, I think you have to be like good to have a nickname. Yeah, otherwise he's like Thor or some shit or whatever they're calling him. <laughs> yeah. It was just super funny how like I put on the wig and said, hey, I'm Andrew Wingard. And she was like, amazing. Oh my God, Dewey. Yeah, it was pretty nuts. And speaking of him, he had a pretty nice day on Sunday, actually. He had that fumble recovery and a couple big He hits. did. He did. That fumble recovery kind of fell into his lap, like yeah, physically. Yeah, that, that wasn't him. But he had that nice hit on that uh, throw that Baker made to the end zone where he went low and he rocked that guy. Yeah, well, now we have to use your friend's girlfriend to actually get him on the podcast. He just, he just can't listen to any past episodes. Looking around the NFL, um, did you was it a fun week? What would you would you take? Well, in? I only wanted to go around the NFL to talk about how upset I was that Blake Bortles happened to be in contact with the other Broncos quarterbacks that you know might have had COVID. I don't remember what the situation was. Did you hear about the whole story about Kendall Hinton, who started at quarterback? Yo, that was amazing. I was so excited for that on I think Saturday when it was confirmed that they had ruled out all their quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Off the rod. They have four quarterbacks, man. They were like, they were the team who was the most prepared for this shit. Right. Except for contact tracing. And they couldn't, they couldn't uh, reasonably play these guys. It was insane. I couldn't believe that that wasn't made into an even bigger story, like in the sports world. This is like the equivalent of that hockey dude, the like the uh, Eva, yeah. Zamb- Zamboni guy, whatever, that came off and, and played goalie yeah. or whatever. It's the same thing, it man. Was. The Broncos had a formal petition. To have one of their position coaches come in, which would have been play quarterback. The NFL turned down and said, "Like we, we're turning it down, not because there's like a rule against it, man. It was like because we can't set the precedent that 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 teams can farm coaches who can also play." And what the, f- dude? This was like the the biggest story of the NFL this month. It's huge, and and it just kind of fizzled out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every moment of that offense was worth watching, even though it was almost completely defunct. Just, just for the sake of watching every all, our right. dream, I I want to be the emergency quarterback guy. You want to be the emergency quarterback guy. You would do better than I would. But it's crazy, man. I don't know. Did you get to watch the game? <laughs> it is. It's nuts. I did watch the game, and it was probably one of the worst football games I've ever watched in my life. Yeah, but but I mean, like, but you're still on your edge. Like, will he complete a pass? Will he complete yeah. a pass? He's running. He's running. Holy exactly. shit! Holy shit! Right. Yeah. The thing was, I was like, I have to watch this game. Like, I have to watch it. I want to see, like, what kind of game plan they drop. Like, do they even have a chance? Is this guy going to be able to complete a pass at the NFL level? And it kind of shows you, like, how hard it is to be an NFL quarterback, right? Because anyone's like, oh, that guy can't make that throw. Like, he sucks, you know? And then you got a guy who played quarterback, you know, in high school and in college a little bit who just came in. You know, he actually has real-life quarterback experience, kind of. And he couldn't do anything against an NFL defense. And it kind of shows how hard it is to be a quarterback. Yeah, and, and, and just refresh our listeners here. Who, who is this guy? He was an undrafted rookie, right? I mean, he hadn't even played in a game yet? Yeah, I don't think he's played. He's a wide receiver on the practice squad. I'm pretty sure he's in and out of the practice squad. It was such a crazy story, and all of their quarterbacks couldn't play. So, yeah, so props to Kendall Hilt- Henton. Sorry, Kendall Hilt- Henton. For for standing up and and taking on all those NFL quarterback level responsibilities, and he got a completion. So there's something that looks 
pretty decent on the highlight reel. He got to come. Um, like you said, man, it was just it was just illustrative for for everyone else as to what it takes to to go in and perform at the quarterback level in the NFL. Also, I mean, just things like, you know, knowing the playbook. I mean, one of the reasons that Bortles hadn't actually played in earlier games when the Broncos were in major quarterback trouble is that he just hadn't been cleared to to run the offense yet. And then here this guy is not even right. like brought in as a quarterback. Hasn't even we were he hasn't even played in the end. What the hell, man? Do you see when he got the call too to like Oh no. play? He got the call on like Saturday, Saturday morning or something. Oh, you're kidding me. Like they're like, "Okay, we're activating you." Or it might have been like Friday. They're like, all right, we're activating you to practice squad. And then next day on Saturday, they're like, okay, yeah, you're going to be starting tomorrow. Oh, my thing. God. Who's who's the equivalent like that on the Jaguars who would get that call? Did you not read the story? Oh, shit. Oh, wow. This this is really embarrassing. They said if in that same scenario, ours would be LaVisca Chenault. That shit would be so awesome. It would be so awesome. Oh, wow. But LaVisca, had he played quarterback in high school or anything? He must have. I mean, even if he didn't, maybe they thought like wow. they would just go wildcat the whole game and he'd be the one kind of controlling everything. But I'm sure he's he's played quarterback at some point. Yeah. It's kind of like pass, run, slash bootlegs, everything, right? Like right. just kind of trying to get creative. I mean, Denver was kind of doing the same thing. They didn't know what the hell to do. It's just like they were loading the box and they were daring him to throw. And when he did throw, it was... And on top of that, the dude was playing one of the best defenses in the league. I feel bad for him. Yeah, that's fun, man. Yeah, you can imagine the Denver Broncos defense all pumped, like a we must protect this house kind of attitude. And then it eventually wears off when they're just exhausted after like the fourth possession or whatever. Von Miller was asking the QB too at one point. (laughs) So it's funny because a big story in Denver for sure was them. I don't know how the situations differed, but you know, the Ravens game from Thanksgiving, they kept moving. They moved it three times, correct? They moved it from Thursday mm-hmm. to Sunday to Tuesday to Wednesday. To Wednesday, yeah. And the Broncos fans here locally were not happy about them getting that treatment while the Broncos had to go out and play with the wide receiver. Like, they didn't give the yeah. Broncos a chance to figure out anything or reschedule mm-hmm. their game. They said, well, put someone in and play. So I think they thought it was a little unfair. Such a bizarre NFL season. Robert Griffin the third is starting just... Just so weird, man. So weird. Um, anything else around the NFL? I guess I just have to say we're playing the Vikings, so I guess I can kind of root for the Vikings naturally because I love Kirk Cousins. You think we can beat them? Do you get that feeling like third quarter where the Jaguars start scoring or some shit where you're like, oh, my God, this is terrible. Like it, it, it actually hurts you to watch the Jaguars knock on the door of victory. No, like while we're playing, I want to win. I want us to win. That's all I can think about is like, I, we have to win today. We have to win. But then when the game's over and we lose, I'm like, oh, well, this is, this is best case scenario. This is, this is what I wanted anyways. So it's a win-win for me watching the games. But if we do end up winning a game, I'm going to be like, yeah, yeah. Like I'm going to feel really good. And I'm like, shit, like this does us literally no good. I mean, for me, you know, if we, if we had knocked off Green Bay, which we almost did, and then Pittsburgh, which we by no means almost did, uh, either one of those would have been awesome, right? Like almost worth, I know this is like stupid to say, yeah, yeah. but almost worth changing our draft order. You think so? Kind of awesome. Like like you have this shit season where everyone sees you as the punching bag of the league, but you can beat, for example, the only defeated undefeated team. Or you can beat Aaron Rodgers in an MVP caliber season. I agree. Like that, that just would have been amazing. I think the reason I say that is because 
I do have a fear that we will win <laughs> something down the road here, and it just might not be as satisfying. Uh, however, looking ahead at the rest of the season, we have the Vikings this Sunday um, with your boy Kirk Cousins. They do not have uh, former Jaguar Yannick Ngakwe anymore, who was traded to the Ravens, where he rejoined Calais Campbell. We do play the Ravens on December 20th. I think we do play them. the Ravens yeah. easily would be a game that would, would be fun to win. <laughs> We're just talking about like crazy, implausible upset scenarios. Yeah, but they're not they're not as good this year. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, like if you beat one of these teams that are like, a, you know, like, oh, they can win the Super yeah. Bowl and the Jaguars beat them, it'd be crazy. But like the Ravens aren't the team they were last mm-hmm. year. So I don't know if I'd get the same satisfaction. We've also got another team with former Jags, uh, the Bears. So Nick Foles, Allen Robinson, um, who knows? Foles may not be playing in that game. He's not going to play. It's going to be Trubisky. Yeah. Um, and then the other games are divisional. The Titans, division rivals, which it's always sweet to beat them. I don't think anybody would not want to beat them unless it, by that point, really dropped us out of the Justin Fields, let's say, range. Right. Um, and then the Colts, last game of the season. It would be very poetic if we bookended the season, went 2-14, and 14 and and undefeated against the Colts in the first and last game. That would be funny. But any of those games stick out to you as games that you think we will win or games that you would really, really, really want us to win? That's a great question. I think if I would want to win one, I would choose the Titans to win. Who would you choose out of all those teams that you would like? It would feel good. <sighs> I, I for first of all they're all they're all uh, one o'clock Eastern you know bullshit CBS go f- yourself announcers yeah, yeah with the exception of the Bears game which is uh, Fox yeah so I don't I don't see any national TV audience uh, potential at all mm-hmm. but I would say I to me I think beating the the Ravens because of Lamar Jackson's recent MVP season and like you're saying the Ravens and Super Bowl talk almost perennially now. I think that would be the biggest one for me. I think that would bring some attention and people would be like, like the, I don't want to listen to the offseason to Mina Kimes shit on the Jaguars as if we're a f-ing pre-K football team. I want to say a little bit of respect to where she says, oh, well, they beat Lamar Jackson, the Rave. I mean, that would get the most attention out of all these games because we've already beaten Philip so Rivers and the Colts. Yeah. People write that off as a, as a fluke. The Titans, we, we do often beat like in these scenarios where we have nothing, absolutely nothing to win. Like nothing to gain. We we do often beat the Titans. So people say, oh, it's an AFC South thing. The Vikings, meh. Uh, and then the Bears is like, especially if Trubisky's playing, there's like, I don't know, there's just not much significance there. They're under 500. That's meh. the most winnable. So for game, me, it's the Ravens. Though. Yeah, I, I I could see the Ravens as well. But I think the Bears are the most winnable game, I would say. Their defense is really good, but their offense, they can't move the ball at all, man. So it's it's tough for them. The Bears, only one only way I want to win that is if Trubisky and Glennon are starting. Oh. And everybody everybody talks about how like they have this history. Because Glennon was Glennon was benched for Trubisky, man. Right. This is exactly. insane. Yeah. Full f-ing circle, dude. And now for, for Doug Marone to name him this. I mean, this is this NFL is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. So I want I want Trubisky and, and Foles, uh sorry, Trubisky and Glennon to face each other. Then I want I don't want anyone to get hurt. Like you know, your health is important. Don't get don't get hurt. No matter who you are going into the offseason, that would suck. Mm-hmm. I want them both to be benched for playing really bad. Oh my gosh, I, I, like really bad. Like ne- both neither team has anything to to gain here. Really mm-hmm. bad. And Nick Foles comes in to face Gardner Minshew, bro. Oh, that that would be wow. the coolest game in like recent You're memory. Right. That would literally be going full circle. That would be kind of cool. 
That would be kind of cool. The circle would complete itself like ad infinitum. It would, it would like break all logical understanding. I don't think that's going to happen. But in a perfect world, if it did happen, I guess in an imperfect world, if that does happen, that would be f***ing nuts. And then Alan Robinson's also on the field, which is kind of weird because he's a... Oh, Alan Robinson's out there doing yeah. doing acrobatics and shit. Yo, you would you would actually... I mean, yeah, if we were close in that game, I would not want to lose that game. Like that's that's a... For, if that thing... If that scenario was playing out and we had Minshew and Foles on the field to like respectively lead their team on winning drives. I would not want to win that game. I would lose that game. Sorry. That was, that's a win, man. That's a, that's a, give me Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence. Almost, yeah, almost, yeah, almost, 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 almost. Of course, we'll see what, what happens with the Jets and stuff. The interesting thing is uh, the rest of our opponents, these are all playoff teams fighting for the playoffs, like legitimately fighting for the playoffs. The Vikings are for sure. The Bears are losing a lot, but they're still in the hunt over there in the NFC. And then hey, they're December twenty seventh, though, man. They might be out of it by then. But we'll oh yeah, see. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. And then the Ravens are, will be fighting at that point for sure. And then we know the Colts and Titans are definitely going to be fighting. So for so sure, our games do mean a lot. You know, as far as like spoilers go, playing spoiler, which I always think is fun. Yeah, but it's not worth you yeah. know losing the pick. So as long as the Jets keep winning, and then the other teams, is there any other team with two wins? Right now? It's, it's going to get very interesting. All right, so I'm pulling it up here. Yeah, the Jets right now are 0 and 11. Ta-da, congrats. They have their average draft position projection is 1.3. Their chance to earn the number one pick is about two-thirds, um, 68.7%. They have a almost 100%, a 99.9% chance to earn a top five pick. Jaguars are 1 and 10. Uh, their average draft position projected as 1.9, so they're about second, you know, obviously second pick. Mm-hmm. Um, 30.8% chance to earn number one pick. For me, that's uh, that sounds right, I guess, right? Because the Jets could win at any point, and then I guess now it's like a strength of schedule thing at that point. Right. Um, and then we also have a 99% chance to be top five. Now, after us and the Jets is when things get really interesting, and the Bengals are 2-8-1, and one, so they have a tie there. I don't know but, how that plays in the but projections. we don't care about them. It, we don't care where they draft. Yeah. Well, we do because we don't want them to trade it. Yeah, I see. I see. Because, right, you don't want them to trade it because they're, they're not drafting quarterback at all. There's a 100% chance they don't draft quarterback. But we would, uh, yeah, yeah, great. But we, we would. they have Burrow. Like, why would they? Out of fear that someone else could trade up, we might still trade up with them. It, right? Yeah, or am I in wrong? In fear that someone else would trade up. Like, and that's And that's bad. That's like. Yo, that's that's our second first round pick going with that. You're right. It it does hurt. Or we'd have to, yeah, we'd have to trade the Bengals. So I guess, yeah, you do have a point. But also, they could have someone in mind that they really want. Well, we got the Cowboys at three and eight. I'm I've been watching them, and uh, I, I don't think that they're gonna s- surpass us in pick right here. They're they're gonna they're gonna win a few games. Yo, C.D. Lamb's catch a couple weeks ago. Oh, it was incredible, man. Wow, gorgeous! What a, what a receiver class this year, man. What a re- and we've got two of them. What a receiver class. I was I was just gonna talk about that. I think Chanel compared to the other receivers in this draft class has underproduced. Isn't that isn't that crazy? And he is easily like a successful draft crazy? pick, like star of the draft. Yeah, I can definitely. Yeah, I think I think he's great. But like compared to the other guys, he's definitely underproduced. All right, the Los Angeles Chargers are three and eight as well. They don't need a quarterback though. The after that it's the Lions at four and seven. They've got Matt Stafford. Probably not gonna uh, go too aggressive on quarterback. Although, I mean, if I was them and I had the number one pick, I would go with Trevor Lawrence. Like I, I would not trade that away for sure. Right. If they're number one, they'll they'll yeah. win again. Too. I mean, Matt Matt's Matt's like turning 
33 now. He's so good still. You know, and we, he and I were, we were, we were, you know, uh, having a drink the other week here in yeah. Texas. And um, he was telling me that he, you know, he can feel that he might be replaced soon. So he was a little mm. nervous that if the Lions got top five, you know, like, we were just talking about high school days, you know, he was like, he's like, Bentley, I, you know, the follow through. He's like, my throw would be nothing oh, God. were it not for you during study hall break, sneaking out with me to the practice field and teaching me how to follow through and get that perfect spin on my passes. And he does throw the ball really well. <laughs> he really does. You should tell him I said what's up next time. If you if you guys catch a drink before you head out of Texas. <laughs> so really it's 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 the Chargers or Bengals effing up big time. And the Bengals could. The Burrow's hurt. He's on IR now. So the Chargers or Bengals F up big time. And they 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 jump us and pick. We we you know, obviously we'd have to win a game or two for that to happen. So it'd be kind of disastrous. Um, and then the disaster would continue if someone, some other team traded up, not us just to go, just to jump up to that number two spot that we weren't willing to do because of whatever reason. And then Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields go one and two and we're third pick. That would be literally worst case scenario. So let's pray that doesn't happen. So really at this point, we still want to lose just to be safe. Right. Because now you're scaring me thinking yeah. that another team would yeah. want to trade I, up. Because I didn't even think about that. I, I think, I, I would almost say there has to be a directive to the Jaguars coaches. There must be something to Doug Marone, like under the table, like, yo, dude, <laughs> I don't know, Shad and Doug are like chatting up on their PlayStation Network accounts or something. He's like, yo, by the way, any of these games in real life, like they're playing Madden 2007 against each other or some shit, I don't know, back in the glory days, right? He's like, any any chance that we, we're about to win, you know what to do, right? And Doug's like, yep, I'm going to go for it on fourth down. Like, okay, good, good, good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Glad we're on the same page. It's like reverse analytics. <laughs> Whatever analytics tells you to do, do the opposite. Yeah. There should be like special analytics for every team and head coach. So it's like it's like in the NFL, right? Going for two, going for two <laughs> you know, three times will produce this result. However, with Doug Marone, <laughs> it produces this result. That actually is kind of smart. That actually could work. Oh, dude, we should sell the idea. Like a real thing. You're gonna you drunk and jaguar. You're gonna hear about that in a few years. (laughs) Well, it's been a blast catching up, dude. Uh, I I hope you enjoy watching the game this Sunday. I hope that we lose very close. I agree. Yeah, it'll be fun. Looking forward to the rest. It's kind of funny. It's it's an exciting time. It is truly exciting. It 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 is an exciting time. It's funny how our season went. You know, you start off kind of feeling good. And then we go down in the dumps for 10 weeks. And now I think a lot of the fans are feeling good about where the team is headed, which seems really weird to say at one in 10, but I think everyone feels good about it. So looking forward to it. Thank you everyone for following us. Um, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Junkin Dragwar. We'll do our best to keep you up to date. We did take the last week off uh, for the holiday, but we are back in full swing now. I'm Bentley Brown. I'm at Weld Brown. And I'm a said at that young a said. And go Jags. Go Jags. Let's get this L. <laughs> Let's get this L. It's been a while.